This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at brepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation. Once upon a midnight's dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Oh, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate Dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the marrow, vainly I sought to borrow. From my books a case of sorrow, sorrow for lost Leonore. For the rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels named Lenore, nameless here for evermore. And the sulken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain, thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This is it and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. "'Sir,' I said, or, madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, Doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal has ever dared dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave but no token. And the only words there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and echoed murmured back the word Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul me within me burning, soon again I heard tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then, what street is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in stepped a stately raven of saintly days of yore. Not the least obese made he, not a minute stopped 
stayed he, but with mine of lord and lady perched above my chamber door, perched above a bust of Pally just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad face into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, on shore no craven, casely grim and ancient raven wandering from nightly shore. Tell me what, Lord, name is on night's Puritan shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Edgar Allan Poe. There, there you are, my friends. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I am your other co-host, Brian Bowden. And we are going to be exploring the poetry and the world of Edgar Allan Poe. We're going to go a little bit different tonight. We're going to go down the road of poetry. But I will tell you, my friends, the world of horror and the world of the paranormal would not be the same unless uh, there was an Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, would, would you agree with that, my friend? I agree wholeheartedly. And it's more it's not just poetry we're talking about, Poe. Um, he's, he's, he's king of this. But it's also, let's go back to Callum, our favorite werewolf, <laughs> like him. It is storytelling on his case. It is. It is most certainly storytelling on his case. The I, I, I go as far as saying that this is truly um, the, the first um, real American poet. Uh, we had a lot of uh, poetry coming out of the, the revolution, uh, but this is right, you know, this is before the Civil War, and this is really uh, uh, an American voice uh, of poetry. And uh, what can be, but you know, what what more needs to be said about Poe? Uh, he has been credited with uh, creating the first uh, detective novel, Murder in the Rue Morgue. Uh, this actually uh, predates uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. So the world does not exist in a vacuum. So our friend yes. Edgar Allan Poe was responsible for not only poetry, but also uh, the uh, crafting of the detective uh, novel. Um, he also had some really strange beliefs as well, such as a whole <laughs> hollow earth uh, theory um, but um, he is a schooled and learned man uh, as we just heard in the raven uh, whenever we think of such uh, uh, deliverers of ominous news the raven uh, surely comes to mind uh, he is the uh, he's sort of like a banshee if you look at Viking and uh, Nordic Allure, the raven plays predominantly in there as a messenger of the gods, yes. uh, bringing news of death. And and you see what's going on here in the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. You know, uh, you can talk about a raven knocking at his door, and then we can also allude to the idea of the Mothman down in Point Pleasant warning the citizens that a bridge was going to be falling. Uh, it is that same type of connection, that same heritage that we're dealing with here when we talk about the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe and the world of the paranormal and I am very very excited about going down this route inside the Goblin Universe tonight with you my dear Brian Bowden. <laughs> uh, Poe is, is one of my favorites he has a, a, a very big part of my heart because of the horror 
and the love lost and the bitterness and yet this 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 crazy or lunacy that he's is his life um he literally took his life and put it on paper um and it's just it's just wonderful to listen to it if it doesn't give you chills um i don't know what would that's right that's right and and as we are starting to transition from the darkness of winter and the delight of summer this seems more fitting for a halloween towel but no i tell you uh every day inside the goblin universe is po day and halloween all wrapped up into one so so you know let us get started now um I, i would like to do more of these this was actually a suggestion of yours just a few hours ago and i said you know we really have to hit because I, I, I'm excited. I, I've done a theatrical production of uh, the readings of Poe uh, on um, on a Halloween evening. It started at midnight and ended up about 3 o'clock in the morning uh, with various tells and poems of his uh, just, uh, you know, regaling the night. And it was a very interesting time. Um, right. And I, I think that you can hear the cadence of his poetry, the urgency. It is not only about horror, as Brian said. It is also about the, the love lost about the uh, the inadequacy feelings that everybody has and the feelings of revenge i think if you would look at the many of stephen king's writings uh without things like uh you know um well let's see here uh the telltale heart you would not have a lot of of what king has written either you know so so we we all stand on the shoulders of giants and and some of our great horror writers definitely are standing on the shoulders of edgar Allan poe well it's you know i love the fact that poe i i don't know if it was the reality of his life um being a suitor of some very interesting ladies uh, some of which he's related to sure sure or or it's it's just the effects of maybe the drink he was famous for and possibly my favorite green fairy mixture that he i'm i'm almost positive he he partook in um he may have even went and chased the dragon with a little uh of heroin back then uh the through the chinese uh tents or that that did pockmark some parts of our country but it's just this fear of 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 love lost and how to react and vengeance um he he feared death alone dramatically this guy was afraid of dying and he said an elaborate uh, labyrinth for himself that if he were to be buried alive he was worried about being buried alive mm-hmm. um which is interesting and, and scary uh, how many times we've seen this in the movie someone's buried alive um and that brings out zombies or, or whatever so he had bell set up there and, and then he writes the cast of Montiago, which basically bury somebody into a brick wall um, <laughs> it's just it's it's just genius it's it's real world type of stuff um and there's something romantic about this believe it or not oh absolutely I, I and that's the other thing too when we think of the idea of romance that's actually a fairly ancient uh notion uh it, you probably could say that the first romance novel would have been um a don quixote but but really whenever it's brought to the 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 20th century's imagination we're thinking of Edgar Allan Poe uh, he is really the one that took the step from the 19th into the 20th century uh, with his poetry so we would not think of romance the same way either unless uh, Poe uh, existed at this very crucial time of change yes. that was not going on only on going on with this country uh, but was going on with uh, with the world I, I, I just 
it, he was born in the right time frame. The, the, the whole right period um, with all this, this, it was very dark back when he was born uh, and he was living in it. It, it's you know the time of the Civil War, as you said, and we're talking about street lamps with oil. We're talking about Jack the Ripper. That's, that's right. Um, who may have had a little bit? Uh, he may have been um, someone who was imported uh, to the UK from the USA, or vice versa. That's so, right. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Now, now our, our friend uh, Edgar Allen, you know, he was not quite 40 whenever he died. So if we think about this, how young he was, and if you look at a picture of him, he looks like he's 70 years old. This guy has lived the life. He has felt the pain. This is not his first rodeo by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he died in 1849. I would have loved to see what his opinion was concerning the Civil War. Um, he was, you know, he was born uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, but he was raised down south, so I'm sure that we would have had some uh, disparaging opinions about different sides, but I would have loved to see what his opinion was regarding that, you know. Um, it's just, a, just a very interesting uh, a human being, a very interesting creature. His take on this would have been fantastic. It would, and I think that it would really have uh, meant a lot to our uh, collective psyche one way or the other on how he felt about what was going on in the world, uh, you know, at the time, you know, uh, you know, breaking through from romanticism uh, and even, you know, like I said, detective fiction and the science fiction. But I think that as he was maturing as a writer because we have to understand he's not quite mature at this point he's only no. eight years old uh you could think what uh, the 50 or 60 year old paul would have would have been writing about yeah but you know if you give give let's give people in the 1800s credit um if you made it to the age that he made it to he's really is young phys you know numer numerically but the people lived a very tough life back then Oh, think okay. Let's think about Poe's life for a second. Okay, he was born in Boston. He was the second child of two actors. So already you've got two strikes against you. Uh, the, the father abandons the family when he was quite young. His mother dies the following year, and then he goes to live with relatives down in Richmond, Virginia. Now we see the Southern connection coming into yep. play. Um, then he later on he attends the University of uh, Virginia. You know he's a terrible gambler, as everybody knows about. But um, I remember doing a, a report about him in college, and he was, um, you, I, you wouldn't think about this, but he was quite the athlete. He actually held several track and field records down at the University of Virginia, which I'm sure have been since uh, since broken. But it's very odd to think, whenever you look at this guy, this milk toast, this, this, this very black and white character, that he was, you know, quite an athlete as well. Yes, you know, he just definitely doesn't look it. He looks like, um, if you see the pictures of him, a, a, a crack-smoking, meth-smoking Tom Selleck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the before and after. You're oh, 100% before and after. If you take a look at this man, he's got the scarf around his neck. He just looks, he's just a piece of work. Um, if he came calling at my door for my daughter, I think the shotgun would be out immediately. Um, there's no way. That's right, uh, that's right. So, so you're talking about he probably would not have initially come looking for your daughter because yeah. he liked to keep it in the family, you know. <laughs> so, 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 you know, and um, in 1836, so let's see here. Poe was born in 1809, so 1836. We're talking about a guy in his late 20s, and he uh, marries Virginia Clem, his 13-year-old cousin. Yes. 
Yeah. So 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 which, there which, you have it. Mind you, people, it was semi acceptable back then. It, well, it, well, most of them was like you had said. People were dying in their in their late teens, uh, so you have to marry them off pretty young. Now, right. this was still by no means, you know, completely um, publicly acceptable. I mean, this was had a little bit of scandal to it, but nothing the way it would today. You know, uh, it, it was probably a little bit more acceptable than the um, the. Uh, the great balls of fire guy and his his cousin you know that's probably yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, a little bit of, uh, but um remember the alamo <laughs> that's right but uh but she died of tuberculosis and a lot of times on this show especially when we're talking about things of vampires you know the idea of consumption because that's what it was called then this this is a disease that appears that there's something living attacking you it seems that something's devouring you hence the name yes. that something's visiting you and slowly consuming you over time like a vampiric character so think how this plays into his psyche as well too watching somebody that he loves slowly withering away it does but you know i'm, I'm curious when he's watching this right now he's watching this consumption take place what 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 kind of pleasure is this man getting from this as well yeah, you, I, well, that's the whole thing about you know. poetry. You know, every good poet has to have some enjoyment in his sadness or you don't get the pen to paper. Right, and, and what's really interesting is the fact that when, you know, I'm just thinking of, of, of his mindset. He may have looked at every situation as something to write on if he's that kind of uh, philosopher of, of word. Um, and... He he may be enjoying every. Let's see what when she, oh she winces and she's when wincing and blood's trickling and everything becomes a metaphor or 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 everything has to be described. Um, and then in the second beat of that part of that is maybe his heart is broken once again. So sure, that's right, that's right. It's it's this melancholy life that if you look into his eyes, you see it right. Um, and if you think about going from a place as liberal as Massachusetts down to Richmond, Virginia. Now, you have to understand, um, New York City at the time of the Civil War was uh, producing more money than the entire South combined. So when we're talking about, you know, 10 years before the Civil War start, uh, we're talking about a very backward Virginia at this time. You know, this is slaves and this is tobacco and cotton fields and uh and you're talking about a huge change for a very young man going to a different type of mindset. Um, and as, as I was doing a little bit more research here, I did find out that uh, the folks that he did live with uh, were involved in the slave trade as well, which would have made even oh, more difference if, if he would have lived you know, a little bit later uh, into life. Um, but he seems to still have this deep abiding faith in God, which I think a lot of people will find uh, very striking as well. Uh, and it, this is reiterated in a lot of his poems. Uh, he is mad at God, he is mad at heaven, but he doesn't completely rebuke or refute the divine. Right, and I don't know how much his uh, stint in the uh, Virginia Military Academy took, gave him more of that faith because of him losing so much so early uh, was it instilled in him in the military? Because you've got to look back at the time frame. It it, it was slightly romantic because people were going to war. Um, we lost a lot of citizens of this country to this war. But 
that there's something where you have to find your 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 faith in there, the hymn of the battlefield. I mean, like, it, it's just it's incredible the romanticism with murder, with with mm. pain and anguish. And wh- where was that? I mean, is there something to this military connection as well from him going to school there? It wasn't just a University of Virginia. So, I mean, I just don't see this man really doing well at the Virgi- uh, VMI, um, you know, Virginia Military Institute, uh, you know. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, get out there, you know. That's right. And he also tried out West Point, too, where he, you know, uh, tragically dropped out of that school as well, too. He basically was not meant for the military, even though at that time period, as you had said, if you were in the military, this was prestige, especially if you were an officer, um, you know, and he was very close to even getting court-martialed. Uh, at, uh, at West Point. So he was one of these, uh, he, he was quite a dichotomy. He was a man of his time, but he was also somebody who was clearly outside of his time as well. And, and you know, if you take in the fact that what he, you know, he did to kind of get his little, his currency so he can get his fix, he was pretty much a critic. He was one of the first critics out there, and he criticized literary uh, uh, works left and right. So here's a, here's a man who's trying to go through his life. He's had a tough enough life as it is, and now he's making enemies every time he writes something. <laughs> yeah, think about that, too. Think about how uh, in regard he was wherever you go from place to place. I mean, he had to have been a pariah to a lot of you know a lot of people. And I think that that shows in his life because he kept on moving around from place to place. He was a, uh, he was a nomad. And, and just take this into the ghost context, because we're, we're paranormal based as well. Um, this is what ghosts do. This is the life. This is why ghosts become ghosts, because it's never more. There's, never, there's not enough. They, they, can't get, they can't satisfy themselves enough to, to redeem themselves. They, they keep, they're, they're stuck in this one spot. And it's almost insanity. This is your classic. This is Hitchcock. This is all of these guys wrapped right. up in one. And I take that back, by the way. He looks a lot more like Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That would be. I would love to see a good movie based upon the life with of Bill that Murray. Album. I think with Bill, Bill Murray. Murray that would be fantastic. I, I, th- I think that we have. I think we should start penning that from from the later of life. Because even though uh, Poe was forty, he looked like he was in his late seventies. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of ghosts, though. Isn't that really what um, uh, the Raven is about, right? I mean, it is a ghost story. There is the, the the knocking at the door, the poltergeist activity. There is the 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 calling out of a name, the 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 apparition of something that is lost. I mean, this is a ghost story from a very intellectual point of view. Yes, it it, it is, but uh, I'm also thinking. Um, it is part of a ghost story, but every time I think of the Raven, something later on uh, kicks in. Um, I think it's Bergman's film, um, The Seven Signs, or the, the, the Seven Seal, the Seven Se- Seal, Seven Seals, where where you're playing chess against death and yes. the Raven's death, and you're trying to outwit death to you know just to stay that one more moment, right? Which is pretty oh. pretty interesting. Okay, well. Uh- 
I, I like that point of, of view because I think that uh, Poe was fascinated by death. He was very afraid of it, but I think he would also welcome it as well. Yes. Because don't you think if we are going to go down that line of reasoning that this is death confronting him, almost like the sound of Beethoven, dun, 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 <laughs> death knocking at the door. This is what's going on in the idea, uh, in the mind of Poe as well. But isn't there something comforting by this death that's summoning him because it keeps on calling out the name of Lenore, his love. Yes. And the only way he can be reunited, reunited with her is in death. Is in the, death. Is in death. Now, the thing is that we have to consider about this, is Lenore uh, Virginia Clem? I mean, the, the, his, his childhood bride. Um, he was 26. She was 13. I just did the math. But they were married for 11 years until she died of tuberculosis, you know. So this might have been a marriage made in heaven that might have been one of those great romantic, you know, Hollywood marriages that last forever. But she was taken away from him in a seemingly, you know, this was an act of God, right? I mean, even though it was a withering disease, but again, this was God's will and somebody that is trying to be, you know, a believer, uh, what does that say? about his you know his view on the divine i'm sure it's a wrestling match there it's like an old testament wrestling match where you're <laughs> you're wrestling the angel to find out who's going to win yeah you know it, it's i think had she lived we wouldn't have gotten the greatness of poe out of him um she probably would have would have kept him going and not to say that they're going to die in an old ripe age but um i don't think we would have gotten the this passion that you find in, in a lot of his writings um, this is the same passion that a lot of people have, believe it or not, that that do the the ghost hunting, that go on to uh, you know search for Bigfoot and UFOs and there's a passion there. It's it's you can't put a name on it. Uh, the French would say the je ne sais quoi. That's right. Um, but it's it drives you. It's that inner fire, inner burning. And I think she would have quelled it because his she was his muse. You know, she was like, I, I don't need to do anything else. I got everything I need here. It almost as if the time, you know, God or whoever that power may be, put it in place. No, you have better things to do with your life. We're going to take your girl right now. That's and then that's we're going to we're going to open we're going to open that up. Remember, in Dracula, he did not want to become a Drac. You know, he did not want to be this this monster, this creature. You know, that's but. Right. It, it all goes back to family. These are plots, people. Please read this stuff. This is better than going to the movies at this point. Uh, absolutely. This is storytelling. And that leads us right up to Annabelle Lee, which was my mother's yes. favorite poem. Uh, my mother got me involved in not only the paranormal, but into my career paths as well. She was always telling me and reading me the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe whenever I was a child. And one of her favorite poems was Annabelle Lee. And that is the one that I was able to perform uh, in, a, in a theater uh, setting as well. Uh, it is still one of my most beloved poems uh, that, that I've ever read. And I hold it very, very dear um but we can see in this poem as well what the struggles were what was going on you can see the idea of death you can see the idea of wanting and longing and and hope that there is going to be more to come uh in the next life and if it's okay with you sir brian i will go into annabelle lee please do all right and this is annabelle lee ladies and gentlemen it was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought 
than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabelle, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee, so that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulchre in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me, yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the new moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulchre there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. So right there, folks, we, we have the, the notion of death creeping up. Uh, we can see the idea of the high-born kinsman that, that Poe feels inferior to her in the station in life. But like a loyal dog, he still lies down by her grave every night. So he is actually the ghost, the living ghost that's haunting her, just waiting for his own death. And, and you know... A lot of times he brings up the term demons, and he talks about heaven and hell. And this is this is what you, this is your de- you know this is your demon. You know your love is gone. What are you to do? That's and, right. I mean, how many people have look? You've you've lost a loved one, and it could even be a pet, um, right. because there's an unconditional love associated with pets. I know many people. Um, they would just they, they don't know what to do. They're beside themselves year after year, day after day because they lost this. It, there's a connection here with this. Poe has this connection with Annabelle Lee. And oh, without a doubt. There's a, it's, one of those, um, it's one of those bonds that tra- transcend uh, even, uh, even you know, life and death. And he says as much. Uh, you know, he, he understands that this world is populated by good and evil forces, you know, and they are personified as angels and as demons, and they have interactions with human lives. Uh, but he's saying that even the, the entities that are from heaven sometimes get it wrong and people die because of the deeds that are supposed to be good you know and this one of those longing things i mean everybody has a crisis of faith every now and then (laughs) and think about poe as a believer saying you know you know and at the end he says neither hell nor heaven can keep me away from this love that the idea of love the notion of love the capital l-o-v-e is a divinity in and of itself and there's nothing there's no power that can take somebody away from true love yeah well it's it's it is 
and his voice has echoed for decades and centuries and the millennia um, when you love someone and there is true love um, it just never it just doesn't die it it it, it transcends death um, and I, I mean I love that that idea of love <laughs> well I think that everybody that falls in love whenever you think about soulmates you always want to have this soulmate you always want to have this um, connection this uh, forever now of course whenever you know going through my divorce and everything uh, you're glad that sometimes that forever does not last i mean it doesn't happen with everybody this is a very rare thing usually set aside just by saints but every now and then a poet will experience such a thing and he will brighten our world with his palette and show us what these colors of true love can actually mean um interestingly enough when we think about ghosts uh, very rarely does the ghost of edgar Allan poe come into view now either that is because you said he's a he's a rambling man and he will not stay put or is it possible that uh you know at his death he immediately connects with with uh with his with his dearly departed and they have no reason to return to this plane for anything I, you know, it's it's very interesting. This man has had such a crappy life. <laughs> I gotta be honest. It's it's not a life I envy whatsoever. Um, I I love the idea of love, but it's it seems to be wrought with with more pain than love. And I think that given the opportunity to almost salvation, and maybe he was met by his love, whoever she may be, um, it be it Annabelle Lee or Lenore or whomever he finally found peace and i think he may have gone up to heaven and he's no longer drinking and he's cleaning the house right now um, <laughs> you know i mean it's it's totally different but i mean his house is um a few miles away that we have a house of, of his where he stayed and it's a museum as well um it's surrounded by the most god-awful neighborhood uh, to stop there would be not a wise <laughs> idea. Uh, I pass it every once in a while, and I want to go in there, and and I want to peek in there, and I want to walk those the, the the in the footsteps of of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I'd love to be a ghost on the wall or a fly in the room or whatever to watch him drinking at the local pub um, and getting kicked out for not paying his tab, and then having <laughs> to go, and, you know, uh, yeah. sit sit by his lonesome and 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 sulk in his drink. His, his, I think his true mistress at one point was his drink. Right, and I think at the onset of the show, too, you had mentioned about the idea of opium dens and things. I'm sure this guy probably put everything into his body that he possibly could <laughs> uh, put into the body. You know, this was self-medication at the yeah. time, and this was to numb the pain, because I'm sure that the pain was overwhelming to this gentleman. And and when, when he had not the, the money for the, the, the dragon, he was absinthe-bound. Um, and you gotta let's let's face it, people. There was no FDA, no alcohol, tobacco, and firearms back then. So when you're drinking some drink, you're getting a punch in the face. I mean, this was not for children. This was strong stuff. So uh, the fact that he he may have visited the Green Fairy at times uh, that could be partially maddening to anyone. Yeah, which actually, uh, while we were while you were talking about the Green Fairy, I decided to do a little bit of uh, research into some of his lesser-known works, and lo and behold, my friend, mm -hmm. I come across a poem entitled "Fairyland" <laughs> by Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, if, if you want to read this, my friend, or I could read this, either one, and I think that uh, read away. 
as we, talk about, as we talk about the Goblin Universe, I mean, we're talking about fairies all the time. And here, Edgar Allan Poe writes about fairies in a tale called, in a poem called Fairyland. Dim veils and shadowy floods and cloudy-looking woods whose forms we can't discover for the tears that drip all over. Huge moons there wax and wane again, again, again. Every moment of the night forever changing places and they put out the starlight with the breath from their pale faces. About twelve by the moon dial, one more filmy than the rest, a kind which upon trial they have found to be the best comes down, still down and down with its center on the crown of a mountain's eminence, while its wide circumference and easy drapery falls over hamlets, over halls, wherever they may be, over the strange woods, over the sea, over spirits on the wing, over every drowsy thing, and buries them up quite in a labyrinth of light, and then how deep, oh deep, is the passion of their sleep, in the morning they arise, and their moony covering is soaring in the skies, with a tempest as they toss, like almost anything, or a yellow albatross. They use that moon no more, for the same end as before. Vedelicet, a tent, which I think extravagant, its anatomies, however, into a shower to sever, of which those butterflies of earth, who seek the skies, and so come down again, never contented things have brought a specimen upon their quivering wings my friend i think that your idea of chasing the uh the fairy inside the bottle oh. is right there in fairyland because no mention of these little sprites or anything like that this guy is talking about something that's taking away the pain until you know the morning greets you yet again and you have to wait for for the night to come again and that yellow abatross that's I, right. I mean, it's oh my. just, you know, the, the tent to go to to, That's to get rid of the fairies that are within your body. Within your body. I mean, this is, you know, translate this, this that feeling that you, you're, you're exuberant. You can't get enough of this. You're in the woods. You're, you're searching. You're squatching. You're doing whatever. But it's that moment when you get there and you have the experience. And then it, it peaks and it's over. That I, I know some people that have just painted painted the side of, of, of a mountain because they were just it, it, it's you're blown away by it it's the recovery process that's he right. is talking about the fairies 100% that's right it, it comes down still down and down you know he's talking about you know this downward spiral from this unbelievably high unbelievable high that he's just experienced so as you can see the idea of talking about fairies in this 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 hidden language in which Poe so deftly uh, transcends time and time again uh, is one of the reasons why we're devoting the show just to him. Yes, I, I, it, it's this man is so magical; it's beyond belief. Um, I, I just you could a lot of people have taken poetry in in school or university or where have you, and they read it and they go on with their lives. It touches so so few people in there, but when it does grab you. Um, you start finding yourself. You have a favorite author. Uh, most people go for the, you know, the fluffy stuff. I always loved Poe. It was so dark and it was deep, and it it kind of like it went through your chest as if it was a, a specter in the middle of the night, and it grabbed hold of your heart, and it would not let you go. You know, it it's just it's like a panic attack, 
and you can't it's it's the energy that's, that's the thrill of going to horror movies it's the thrill of ghost hunting it's the thrill of the paranormal the unknown and don't we all love that Oh, that's why we're here. This is our passion, isn't it? But what happens whenever it's not so much a passion on somebody as it is a curse? And I think that's what we're experiencing here with uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, he is. Tr- also, I, I, I want to point out, we won't get too deeply into this, but uh, <laughs> as somebody that has studied literature, um, the rhyme scheme that he uses is a very, very difficult rhyme scheme to use. Uh, this, you know, once upon. A midnight dreary. That's a very difficult scheme, and if you think about it, it all it has almost the same cadence as Friends, Romans, Countrymen. Lend me your ears of Shakespeare. He's pulling the person in, but in order to write that in English, that's a very difficult rhyme scheme to use. So this guy is not some fool writing unrhymed uh, uh, poetry, which uh, Robert Frost called uh, playing tennis without a net. But he, you know, <laughs> he is he's one of these guys that really does understand how the language works and what kind of words to use but he is haunted by so many different things that we actually get to see inside his soul as he's setting pen to paper again and and what's fabulous is i believe this man man spent more time alone than with so oh he, he was very much alone um where where he 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 rests his head where he drank um he's the true addict um on both the loving side as well as the addiction side that's right it's and it's the fear of being alone that that's tremendous um if you would if you would allow me he has a poem called alone so give me a moment and i'll go it's very short we'll go through it and we'll see that that this is something that has been with this man since the day he was born um and let's let's just take a quick listen alone from childhood hour i have not been as others were, I have not seen, as others saw, I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source, I have not taken my sorrow, I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then in my childhood, in the dawn of a most steamy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill the mystery which blinds me still from torrent or the fountain from the red cliffs of the mountain from the sun that rounds me rolled in its autumn tint of gold from the lightning in the sky as it passed me by flying by from the thunder and the storm and the clouds that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue of demons in my view (laughs) this man had it he had at the crappiest life on the planet but was able to translate it into pure poetry that's right that's absolutely and i think that your 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 assessment of him spending a lot of time alone is true i think he spent more time with ghosts than he did with humanity um whenever he says in that annabelle of you know sitting beside the sepulchre night after night of the tomb of his uh, beloved annabelle Lee. you can imagine him going to the grave of his beloved with a bottle in hand and just drinking the night away you know as he's sitting there sobbing you know i'm thinking at this point from from what we've been reading and what we've known from from literature and around edgar Allan Poe. i'm gonna give him another first he was probably the first ghost hunter I, I would think that that's well. Let's see. The first ghost hunter that actively sought out the yes. spirit world. 
I, I would say that, that is probably a very fair assessment. Um, this is the uh, Victorian period, but this is just a little bit before Theosophy takes place. So this is before the parlor parlor uh, seances and things that were popular. So he, you know, he's probably twenty or thirty years ahead of his time here. Oh, one hundred percent. Matter of fact, I'm sure back then the the elite that that maybe caught on to Poe did some reading of him before they did their seances uh, in their their lovely mansions uh, in New York City, you know, the shadowy darkness, uh, because it would set the mood perfectly. Without a doubt. I mean, and this would have been, he would have been coming into vogue, although he died penniless, like all good poets you are found later after your death, posthumously, and that's whenever your money comes rolling in. So, yeah, so like (laughs) he would have been coming into, uh, you know, a little bit of a vogue here. He would have been avant-garde. He would have been with the, uh, with that kind of intellectual movement. And I, and I have no problem thinking that they would go up there and read uh, the Raven right before they call in the uh, the lady to lead the seance. Without a doubt, I'm sure that that's what happened. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I bet you they had ravens there too. Oh, you know what? And, and who has not? Anybody out there listening today, who has not wanted to have a raven as a pet since hearing this? And, and I looked into it. Uh, you know, apparently ravens are, are outlawed in the United States. You can buy imported ravens from Africa and all this stuff. But, you know, the American raven is uh, is uh, a, 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 against the law to own. You can't have one. It, it's very interesting. I, I, I don't like ravens. <laughs> oh, what? what? What seems to be the problem there? I, I just don't. They, they are, they are the, the, the spoke. They are the henchmen of death. They, they do foretell um, some really negative stuff heading your way. They're nasty, and it, I find it's better. Yes, this is one of my little, uh, I think they call them bubamices or whatever you want to call it, whatever the German term is. I just don't like them. No, and, right, right. And the, the, they, the messengers of Odin? You don't like the messengers of Odin? No, they, they, they just bug me, and I usually I tell them to go away. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, I, I can resonate a lot with Poe. i got to be honest with my life and my world um, for the most part. But uh, I will not succumb to the raven uh, rapping or tapping at my door. Wow, man! I've I've wanted one ever since I was in like third grade. Well, we'll have to get your raven. <laughs> uh, I would appreciate that, and we would take it around from conference to conference, and we would call yes. it Poe. I think that would be see. I'd be fine with like Poe as the you know our raven or whatever your raven, but in general, when they come in groups, um, they're they're like the coyote. They're a trickster, and I just don't. I just. I'm not giving my support. <laughs> oh, well, I understand. And the, but they're also very intelligent. They have the uh, intelligence of like a three-year-old child. They, they're super intelligent, and this is what's interesting. Um, they do foretell things coming. They are the ones normally, um, there's certain signs, in, in, if you go into the indigenous people, when you see a hawk circling on the highway, you really should slow down. It's not necessarily that it's looking for food. It's warning you that there's something else there. Um, something of importance. Nine out of ten times, if you're driving, it's the police. Don't, I, I cannot explain why, but I've, I've, I've actually tested this out, and, and I've gotten reports not only from myself, but we've discussed this with a couple other people. They've even reported back, every time I see a hawk, I slow down because there's always a cop within a mile away. Wow, wow, wow. So th- these things are foretellers of, of, of uh, potential doom, but I think you have the ability, unlike Edgar Allan Poe, to change that course. I think Poe set his his clock and his destination and his compass based on the raven. 
I like that. You know what? I think that's a good summation of what's going on here. And I think that if we would ever write a book on the uh, the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe and how it uh, reflected uh, his true life, I think that would be a good summation right there. I think that's good. How much time do we have? We're, this, this show is flying by. Um, we have a, uh, about 10 to 10 minutes. 10 Excellent. Ish minutes. We'll say okay. 10 minutes. The last poem that I want to read is uh, called Spirits of the Dead. So it takes place in a graveyard. So we were talking about seances and everything. So, and these are some of the lesser known. We started off with a couple of the really well known po, uh, 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 poetry, po- poems. But let's go on to the poetry of Poe that is not so well known. And we're going to talk about the Spirits of the Dead. It's in about, uh, let's see here, it has, uh, I think it has four stanzas, but it's sure. uh, very, very, very short. Uh, Actually, it has five stanzas, but it only has about uh, six lines per stanza. So, Spirits of the Dead. The soul shall find itself alone mid dark thoughts of the gray tombstone. Not one of all the crowd to pry into thine hour of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude, which is not loneliness. For then the spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again, and death around thee and their will shall overshadow thee. Be still. The night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall look not down from their high thrones in the heaven with light like hope to mortals given, but their red orbs without beam to thy weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which would cling to thee forever. Now are thoughts thou shalt not banish, now are visions never to vanish from thy spirit shall they pass no more like dewdrop from the grass the breeze the breath of god is still and the mist upon the hill shadowy shadowy yet unbroken as a symbol and a token how it hangs upon the trees a mystery of mysteries so that my friends is poe <laughs> in a nutshell sitting in the graveyard which i'm sure he's done on numerous occasions yes and and um i don't know if they figured out who it is but i think on poe's anniversary someone comes by and leaves him some flowers uh, that's right a single red rose which is another thing too because that's right kind of like right between where you and i are a little bit closer to me but i think that we should do an on the spot uh, show someday from uh, poe's tomb that would be pretty interesting um should we read read the raven <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah read the raven right there I could, be- I could just picture this right now like like you know the the, the the consciousness of of yourself as after you know that you've passed away and you stuck there like his torment would be buried alive spending eternity in his grave where he hears everybody stepping by and reading the raven and he i can just picture him going oh god for god's sakes not the raven again (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could imagine i think that he would be one of those people that would uh shirk away from uh you know adulations and 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 the clap trap i think that he would be one of those people that would want to uh, be much more private but wouldn't i i would hope that the good lord would not put that on him in the afterlife i'm hoping that he is indeed with lenore uh and they're both young again in their kingdom by the sea yes that would be great but in my horror film not only are they reading the raven but they leave leave plenty of glass of spirit and bottle of spirit on his 
his tomb and it's just out of his reach to sealing his doom i mean like that's oh. that's that's what i'm like you know it's like i hate all you people that's right that's right my you, life. You, wonder, you wonder why i hate humanity that's all, that's right that's right exactly you know ladies and gentlemen we do appreciate everybody listening to these these shows we try to give you something that's interesting and entertaining and informative. That's why we try to bring in the guests that we bring in. But we want you to also to expand on your own self. Don't just listen to podcasts. Don't just listen and watch television, ancient aliens. Go out and experience life. Take up the pen and pad. Write your own verse. Write your own prose. Um, read some of these great authors. Get in touch with, like physically get a book. Don't do it through your tablet. That's right. <laughs> there that's is, right. There's nothing like holding a, a tree in your hand that is filled with so much imagination and, and he, he gives you far more gifts. But we do also want to thank, I think, if you, if you give me a moment, Ron, um, there are a lot of people that have influenced us that do have podcasts. Uh, Callum Lycan has a great podcast. Um, he's a wonderful storyteller. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to tell a story. Uh, some of them are going to be based on fact, and some is going to be based on fiction, and some are going to be based on that paranormal unknown. It is up to you to decide. We're not here to sell you anything. But please, Callum has a, a, um, a podcast. Go check it out, The Botany Storytelling Podcast. He's wonderful. And yes, we will be having him on many, many more times. Um, and then uh, just one more, if you don't mind. Um, there's a wonderful woman out there who is just fantastic. Her name is Cat Ward, and she has her own podcast, and she's a, a one-lady show. It's fantastic. It's only a couple episodes, but it's it's out there on almost every service, and her podcast is called Paranormal Heart, and we're going to try to get Cat on this show um, to discuss this. She's out of Canada, uh, and wonderful, wonderful paranormal person, um, and just general person alone. That's it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm glad that you did because, like you said, the people. Um, the, so much about the paranormal is networking, yes. and you and I have faced a lot of roadblocks. But I will tell you this: the majority of the people out there are very, very good people. And when we mention people like Cat, we pe mention people like Mister Lichen. Um, these are people that we really are fond of because they're genuine human beings, not for what they do for our career or what we can do for them. It's simply that they're good human beings, and they say some very interesting things, and we would encourage our listeners to listen to them just to better you as a human being. Right, and and that what we try to do in, in anything is we're always open to anybody, that, for the most part, that wants to come on our program. We want to interview people. We want... And we don't, I don't think we call it an interview. It's more of like sitting in a pub or a place and having a great conversation with friends. We're not here out to, to kill anybody or to hurt anybody. We're very interested. We're researchers. We're science, well, basically science people. I wouldn't call us technically scientists, um, but we're, we're authors. We're investigators. We're all this, and we love this knowledge, and it sparks more creativity, more search for more truth and information. And I think what we're going to try to do, if it's, if it's all right with you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is to just tell you about other podcasts that are out there and other people you should be just checking out. It is a networking thing. We do appreciate them because they're not. it's not just networking because we think we're going to get someplace. These are good people. They're friends. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll be doing that from now on, just letting you know about a new uh, podcast out there that you sh or station you should be checking out. Matter of fact, right. uh, we run a lot of stuff. Thanks to uh, Arizona Tramp on Black Swatch 
uh, Swamp Digital Radio. I apologize, Arizona. But that station uh, is incredible. Check them out. They have a lot of great shows. They really do. Uh, and you can also check them out on if, if you if you're not have time. All this stuff is also available in archive, correct? Yes, we're going to be... Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff available in archive. And just so you know, everyone, uh, not only are we on Black Swan Swamp Digital Radio, but we are now officially Podbeaners. And we will be putting every episode we do, including ones that are uh, kind of exclusive. We're going to let you know. Uh, we'll announce it here and there on our Twitter feed, Goblin Universe, or on Facebook, or Google+. Plus. Look for uh, either Inside the Goblin Universe, the acronym... Uh, or, and just look for us everywhere because we're going to release these little things here and there. It's, we're not just going to be doing a weekly show. It's going to come at you from different sources. We want to keep you entertained. And it could be a 15-minute thing. It could be an hour thing. That's so right. Keep, keep peeled. And, and I think that the more you and I get together over the summertime, that that's going to come into fruition. Yes. So I think people are going to see a lot of that. And another thing, folks, InsideTheGoblinUniverse.com. Write us, message us, please send us an email, let us know what you think of shows like this that is dedicated to some of the greats in literature with a crossover into the paranormal and the supernatural. We would love to hear what our listeners have to say, because unless we have listeners, we will not do this show. Is that right, Brian? You and I are not here to talk to ourselves. No, we're not. You know, it's it's great. I'll tell you what, Netta, if you like the show, share it with your friends. Just share it. Send yep. it out there. It's free. We're not selling you. It's free. Um, yep. We just want, I think we have a lot of great product here um, and a lot of great stuff for everybody to enjoy. It's not necessarily a family show because uh, we do get into some crazy stuff and some of the kids may not be uh, up for it or ready for this. But it's worthy of sharing. It's interesting. Share it and just give us some feedback. We'd love it. We're on Facebook. We're, uh, we're on YouTube check it out we're going to be trying to put those up too ron yeah it's it takes a while there's a there's a one-man show that'd be me that's right <laughs> that's putting it. all this stuff together for everybody um but definitely feedback would be great what do you want to see on this program what do you who do you want to hear on this program um we've got some special guests lined up that are big names and you're gonna know who they are um and uh but we we don't necessarily need just the big names we want to bring what you know, give the people what they want? One of my favorite Kinks albums. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, I'm having fun doing this with you, but I, I really want to hear what uh, what our listeners have to say. And as we go forward, I want to bring in the content that they want to hear. Yes, and if anybody knows or wants to buy Ron that Raven, <laughs> <laughs> just contact us at questions at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.com and we'll give you a place to send the Raven. Please, that's absolutely please that's right. Ron's looking for a live Raven. Okay? That's right. Yep. Not a stuffed one. <laughs> no, that, no, you know what? I will take a taxidermied Raven. Eh, for for oh, lack of... Yeah. Um, that's just I, creepier than creepy. It is. But I want to tell you, this show, though, tonight was family friendly yes. and if a high school student was listening to this and gets the transcript uh handled in ap english you get yourself an a yep <laughs> yep it's an easy a folks easy, easy a, a guys just make uh, sure not, not, not too many of your friends in class are going to do the same thing that's <laughs> right that is our commitment to you the listener every show will get you an a in ap english in high school yes or sometimes in history 
That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Obviously science, but yes. when you bring a Bigfoot in science class, the teacher's going to look at you like, go to the principal's office. I know. I know. I know. Oh, well. We're, we're changing that. We're doing what we can to change the, uh, to, to make the Squatch more uh, acceptable. Yes. And, you know, look for us on video to our YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, tell it, share with your friends, share it to Facebook. We do appreciate that because we may be putting up some videos soon of us our interactions when we do some investigation when we meet up um and you may find some things in there that are going to be earth shattering and i'm going to say it that way that's right that's right do what the cool kids are doing yeah watch us on youtube and listen to us and wear our t-shirts and all that other kind of stuff oh we're on every social media asset. we're on it something you don't even know about that's Steam right it. we're on the minds.com it's a new video site because uh Another one has been uh, censoring too many people. Um, we just have a backup of a backup, Vimeo, you name it. I th- don't think we're on Snapchat, but we are on Instagram. So like us, share us, love us. <laughs> oh, we're, we're on the Twitter too, right? Yes, we are on the Twitter. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, we're on Reddit, we're on Pinterest. Um, why? I don't know. <laughs> on That's Pinterest. Funny. I mean, you know, every time there's a new platform, we do try to get our stuff out there. It's just to spread the spread the word. It's this is a great show. Yeah, did and you ever get that that site up on Plenty of Fish yet? Not yet. Um, okay. You know that that would be for you only. <laughs> oh right, 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 right. I keep on forgetting. Yeah, I'm trying to get the word out there. And, and who was not fascinated by somebody that not only likes Bigfoot and vampires, but also Edgar Allan Poe? Yes, I mean we we are Renaissance men. One hundred percent, my friends. One hundred percent. And before we get too deep into ourselves, we probably should end the show. Or uh, our uh, our uh, producer there over at uh, uh, Swamp Gas uh, Radio will be uh, <laughs> having calling for our heads. Yes, well, you can take us out, Professor Ronald Murphy. All right, hey, I had a great time with you tonight, Brian. Thanks a lot for coming up with this idea. I am but one of your co-hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy, and I am Sir Brian Bowden. Thank you for joining us to, with us tonight down this rabbit hole we call the Inside the Goblin Universe with our dear friend, Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. Until next week, friends, we will see you later. Nevermore. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a Deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. Joining our impressive two-day 2018 conference lineup is our Redland speaker, the former deputy base commander of RAF Bentwaters, the man who went out to investigate a UFO sighting as a skeptic but returned as a believer. Making a welcome return to the UK specifically to talk at our 2018 conference, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt will be discussing the events surrounding the RFI and also his claims that the US authorities were continuing to conduct investigations into the UFO phenomena which have proven to be startlingly true and have recently been backed up by the announcement some film footage from the US despite years of so-called official denial or of any interest in the subject. Do not miss what will be the must-see event of 2018. Ticket information can be found at www.chris0597.wixsite.com
com forward slash outer iPhone limits iPhone mag. Join us on the 1st and 2nd of September 2018 at the Freedom Centre 97 Preston Road, Kingston upon Hull. Come be informed. <laughs>